0: Good day to all of our investors and general listeners. This is The Rudd Commentary. My name is Josh Rudd, and I'll be your host on this special edition of our presentation today. And with me today is Jack Kerr, our Capital Markets Associate. Welcome, Jack. Hey, Josh. For our new listeners who may not be familiar with our firm, The Rudd Company is a wealth management firm headquartered in Fort Worth, Texas. We manage investments for clients across the country and specialize in active portfolio management, retirement planning, and the setup and management of employer-sponsored retirement plans. Jack, we're going to push part two of our series in non-financial assets to the next podcast, and today we're going to spend some time discussing how the results of the most recent election may impact your investment strategy going forward.
1: And I think that's a great idea. We talked a lot about these things in the trading room, so I think it's fairly timely. So Jack, before we dive
0: in, can you give us an update on the most important non-election-related headlines over the past month?
1: Yeah, for sure. First thing I'd like to cover is the economy today, specifically GDP and job growth. These are pretty fresh numbers that we got just after the election, so recent and things we can draw conclusions on right here. First being GDP, which was up 33% in the third quarter, which exceeded expectations. Good number there. Um, The stock market obviously reacted well to that. But to get a little more specific into the economy, we also saw job growth grow bigger than expected in October the unemployment rate actually went down to 6.9%, and we saw big gains in the leisure, hospitality industry, as well as with retail and business services. I thought it was interesting to kind of go in and look at those numbers and see where we were gaining jobs specifically. And then second, um, I want to talk a little bit about the Federal Reserve as well and what they were doing with interest rates Last time they met, they decided to keep rates between zero and a quarter percent. And they expect this to stay at the same level for a while now as we recover from the pandemic.
0: That's shocking, Jack.
1: (laughs) Is it really, though? So they kept it low. Um, The Fed did say that the economy still remains well below pre-pandemic levels, and they don't really expect it to get back up to where it was, at least until the end of next year. Don't expect to see any changes there. They also openly spoke about the need for fiscal stimulus, to help the economy. Obviously, you know, we've on this podcast, we've gone back and forth about when the next stimulus bill is coming. Looks like we're still waiting on that, especially given the election and all that happened there as well.
0: And that's one of the concerns I have, Jack, is that we've become accustomed to perpetually waiting for additional fiscal stimulus.
1: Yeah. And we all know the market reacts very quickly to that, good or bad. If there's no stimulus one day, you'll see the market sell off a bit and then next is right back up if we get good news. So market trades a lot on that, but we'll be monitoring that closely. Just overall market performance, I'd like to update our listeners on. A few podcasts back, we talked a lot about the growth versus value investments, how growth continued to outperform by a wide margin up until the election, really. With recent vaccine news that's been positive, some things may be changing. We saw the value investments over the last few weeks kind of come back as that vaccine news came out. So they close that gap a little bit in performance.
0: It's exciting to see the vaccine news. And also, was it Moderna that came out today with the 94, I believe, and a half percent efficacy rate?
1: Yeah, so we've gotten Pfizer and Moderna with pretty promising results.
0: That's very promising.
1: And then, obviously, the prospect of an open economy, like I said, will drive value typically higher in the market, some of those growth names that have done really well during the stay-at-home orders. I think about the video conferencing apps, things like that. The stock prices have really went up. They may end up going lower with, with this news. So these are short-term trends, obviously, over the last couple of weeks. And we'll we'll see if those can turn into long-term trends here, here shortly. So now that we're done with the market update, Josh, I'd like to go into our topic today. And like you mentioned earlier, we're talking about the post-election I've already said it's this is timely information, and I know we're getting a lot of questions up here from clients as well. Let's just dive right into it here. Josh, now that the election is over and we have a pretty clear picture of both the House and the Senate, and obviously the White House, has your outlook for future investment returns changed? So, Jack, that's a really good question.
0: And I can say that from a long-term perspective, our investment outlook has not changed at all from October, despite the differences in headline Policy between the two parties. There's a couple of things to consider. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, although we've had some wonderful headlines recently about a possible cure. That's something that that hasn't changed. And there are some reports that uh, are predicting that we're going to be in this state well into next year. So that's something still to keep in mind. Also, I don't believe a lot of the policy that has been driving market performance is going to change in any material way. Jack, you mentioned about you know the fiscal response earlier in your market update, and I really don't see that changing at all. Unfortunately, I think that investors have come to expect that, and I really believe that it's kind of a changing cultural norm in, I'm not going to say so much as, as our American society, but just in the Fed and the elected officials in general and how we're responding to any and all disruptions in the economy. Another thing that I want to mention is related to our long term outlook. Interest rates are still very, very low, and they're most likely going to remain very, very low for the foreseeable future. I don't believe the response from the Federal Reserve, we're going to see any material changes there. I don't believe we're going to see any big changes in, in fiscal and policy response. And I believe all of us and investors alike are just looking forward to an end to COVID-19 and and the pandemic. I think that's what we're all excited about. So we've made adjustments to our long-term growth rates here recently. Jack, as you know, I think we've talked about them on our prior programs. Really, they have less to do with recent policy and changes because of the election and more to do with just slowing growth rates and demographics that we talked about on our prior podcast on the elections. And I think some of the more big picture items that are influencing investor returns over the coming decade.
1: I think you're definitely right about policy. I know we saw the market react pretty favorably to the election results, especially with the prospect or I guess the potential for a split political party with the Republicans keeping the Senate. We'll see what happens there. Jack, those are some really good points.
0: I believe it's important to consider also that a lot of the volatility on the upside and downside that we've seen over the last several months has been more to do with the fiscal response from our government and less to do with who may be in the White House and and who may be in the Senate. And while I do agree that gridlock in Washington has historically been better for the financial markets, I believe that the investors are responding more heavily to a fiscal and monetary response than they are specifically who's in the White House. I think that's an important distinction to make on this program as well.
1: I agree with that. Like I said, I know we've had a lot of questions and say one of our investor calls in and they are concerned, could be for any reason, really. They ask you, should I be making any changes to my investment strategy with all the changes around us, the economy, the things we've talked about? How would you answer that?
0: Well, it's a really good question and we're getting a lot of these. I'll just point out that a change in, in the White House and a, a change in Congress could impact a lot of big things, right? Depending on your strategy. But I do want to point out that no changes have happened yet. And I believe that there's a big difference between campaign rhetoric and promises that are made on the campaign trail and actually what makes it its way to policy and impacts our investors. So I would give everybody listening to this program just a recommendation just to be patient and, and see what changes actually take effect. Just to be really aware that the big ticket items right now that, that a lot of our investors are asking about have to do with things like taxes. And how that's going to impact your income taxes and your estate taxes and just taxes in general. I know there's some things out there that might be a little more difficult to understand how they impact the companies that we invest in. I'll give you another example. It's just the federal minimum wage. But I believe most of our investors, when they are concerned and they voice those concerns, it has to do with the things that matter to them specifically, which are primarily the tax issue. But a good question, Jack.
1: And I, I agree. I think patience is key. You know, we see a lot, um, especially right after elections. There's some big swings in where money goes to, especially based on who wins. Different sectors of the the stock market and things like that. We've discussed that in our prior election podcast, but we saw that play out a little bit.
0: Another thing, Jack, that I, I mentioned on our last, or it was a couple programs ago when we uh, talked about the election coming up, I believe it was this time uh, last summer. Investors really dislike uncertainty. So now that we have a little more certainty, the patience is, is extremely important.
1: Definitely have some more certainty, but I want to touch on the uncertainty a little bit. What changes in the economic policy do you believe that we could see as a result of this change in administration? So
0: Jack, I think it's really important before I answer that question to begin with what I don't believe will change as a result of the election. The Fed's easy money policy is going to continue. We've, we've talked about that earlier on this podcast and also on our programs before. Unfortunately, we've gotten into a habit of responding to anything and everything that's challenging the economy. And so when, when you and I were in school and we learned about their dual mandate of full employment and price stability and some measure of moderate long-term interest rates. Unfortunately, I believe it's also turned into promoting a strong U.S. economy, for whatever that means, and that can be interpreted in many different ways. So I think you're starting to see that, and I think you'll continue to see that, and it, it didn't matter who won the who won the presidential election. I believe that'll continue. Another thing, Jack, that I think you're going to continue to see is, is an increasing focus on social programs. This could be that, you know, we talked earlier about the state minimum wage unemployment benefits. This is going to going to be something that you'll continue to see a focus on and I don't believe that that's going to change. And I do believe you'll continue to see drag on earnings per share of some of the companies that we invest in because of that. I think that's really Natural, especially those in more of the retail sector, or those are some of the lower paying jobs, that's definitely going to impact those. So ultimately, that's going to drag on investment returns over time. The final thing is really just tax policy. With these additional upward pressure on social programs, higher minimum wage, those types of things, I believe taxes are going to continue to go up to support a lot of those initiatives. So again, while we may get there a little quicker with the change in the administration, It's not going to change the fact that we still would have been there 5, 10, 20 years down the road.
1: Just out of curiosity, what do you think when you talk about taxes increasing, do you more point to personal income taxes or corporate?
0: Well, that's a really good question. I'm sure a lot of our listeners know the answer to this question that based on what you're seeing in the media, it's pretty clear that the corporate tax rate is going to go up pretty quick. What I believe you'll see on the personal level, I think we'll talk about this a little more later, it's not so much that investors have to be afraid that taxes are going to go up, it's just that I believe that taxes are going to reach down to more of the middle class than they were before. That's a concern for me when you're looking at those investors who have made decisions and how they invest based on a certain level of taxes and they may have to change those. And quite frankly, investors are getting a little tired of all the whipsaw changes in estate taxes and income taxes year to year you know, you don't know whether to file the 1099 or, you know, whether or not to buy tax-free bonds versus taxable. And it it gets very demanding to try to keep up with a portfolio from year to year when tax policy keeps changing every four years. So just something to uh, to think about. Your original question, though, was was what changes do I think would happen or what changes do I think would occur after the election? We talked about taxes quite a bit, and I do believe those will go up, uh, this time reaching a larger portion of the middle-class Americans. I believe you'll also see an increase in regulation impacting various industries. You know, Jack, you and I, were are looking at sectors every quarter, and I think you'll see that particularly in energy and financials and healthcare. it probably impact our industry as well. I know there's a lot of regulations that were pushed back by the last flip in the administration that will probably be on the table again. So those are things that we'll probably see. And a lot of those changes are going to impact financial performance of the companies that we invest in. You're typically going to see a lot of dividend-paying companies and financials and healthcare. And you know, when you pay more taxes and your expenses go up, earnings are all else equal going to go down. So I think those are changes that, that we can't expect to happen based on what we know now about the election results.
1: Yeah. And Josh, one more point I wanted to get to when you were talking about taxes is, you know, we may have a difference or a change in the capital gains tax for our investors. So that's just another thing that we have to pay attention to in addition to the different changes that you mentioned earlier. So another question we've gotten a lot, (laughs) I've actually heard you answer is, you know, if, if someone comes to you and says, I'm concerned about the future of the economy after the election, what should I do? How would you answer a question like that?
0: Jack, that's a really good question. We talked about this on our prior program about election results. And this is very common when an election happens, a big election, a presidential election, the results may not come the way we like or, or turn out the way we like. You know, there's this normal process of going through and, and trying to evaluate where we stand. The best advice I can give to our investors and, and really any investors out there is, is take some time first to review your financial strategy. If there's one thing I can tell you is knowledge is really the best medicine here just take a look at your budget. This is a great time if you don't have some financial statements to build some, just to know exactly where you stand. There's some really good programs out there. I know our clients have access to their client portal. And just review those. Make sure your information's up to date. and Just talk to your financial professional and make sure that you understand where you are, where you stand. And then I want you to focus on which changes were really going to impact you. As we talked about earlier, there may not be a whole lot of changes initially with the change in the White House. So if taxes is your biggest concern, you probably want to review that. That's something we talked about will probably change. Future growth, depending on the stocks you own. We talked about how certain sectors in our prior program can be impacted by a change in the White House, a change in Congress, you know, such sectors as energy, healthcare, and financials. If you're very heavy in those, you may want to take a look at those sector exposure but really just reviewing your financial strategy, talking to your financial professional and making sure that you understand where you stand. Another thing that I would do is, is take a look at certain pockets of risk in your portfolio. I get calls periodically about investors that hold a large exposure jack, just a one company stock. That's something that if you're in the airline industry right now, you definitely want to take a look at, not just because of COVID, but because of a lot of other changes. Maybe there's Regulatory changes that could be impacting you as an employee of a large financial services firm or in healthcare. So those things that I would definitely want to do. Overexposure to one company, especially when when all your income comes from that company, can really be a problem if it's left uh, unmanaged and and unchecked. The third thing, Jack, that I'd, I'd recommend investors do if they are stressed about anything, whether it be an election or prospects of changes in tax policy, is just work on increasing your financial flexibility. If you're anxious review your emergency fund and increase it to a level that you feel comfortable with. And this is a pointer that I give you in any environment. Increasing your emergency fund to a level that allows you to get some sleep at night, is going to lower your stress no matter what environment you're in. Another thing that really helps is, so take a look at the right side of your balance sheet and recognize that lower debt and lower interest payments are going to do quite a bit to reduce your stress in this type of an environment. Lastly, I'd say this is really important right now, is try to get your financial data or economic data from reliable news sources. You know, you and I talked, I forget which program it was, Jack, but a lot of the financial information that we're consuming out there comes from these business channels, which isn't it amazing? They don't talk about business very much, do they? Yeah, it's it's a <laughs> lot of politics. <laughs> it is a lot of politics these days. So one thing that I would encourage our investors and, and uh, listeners to do is is check with your financial professor, check with your advisor, get some information because they know your financial plan and can help you go through all that information and that data and see what really impacts you. Another thing I would like to encourage you to do, check back to Jack's update on our podcast. You know, he's going to pass along some information that's relevant and that we think impacts our investors and he's going to do it in a way that's not political, which I think is good, and actually kind of calming. I know, I know it, it calms me down. You talk, Jack. I think you're <laughs> you're pretty good at delivering that information without a lot of spin. I like the Wall Street Journal. About 80% of it, I have found is pretty good information. It's just going through, and and if you skip the opinion pages, you can usually get the economic data that matters most. From time to time, it's tough when you turn on those business programs on TV, isn't it, Jack? When you see all the kind of the 80-20 rule, the 80% politics, and then you got to wait for that 20%, which is actually real economic and and market moving data. But I think if you're concerned about the future, whether it's after the election or any time in your investing journey, I think these are some good points that you can follow, which will definitely move you in the right direction.
1: And I would definitely emphasize the point about unbiased sources. One thing I did want to follow up on that you talked about is you, you talked a little bit about investment opportunities and overexposure to one company, but also some different sectors that, you know, you really have to analyze which sectors you're in and uh, make sure that you're not overexposed there as well. What investment opportunities do you see as you look forward to 2021?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked that because a lot of our program today has been about what ifs. What if there's negative changes in the tax code? What if there's negative impact to the companies that we own via regulation? You know, at, at the Rudd Company, we're all about opportunity. This investment environment presents challenges just like any. Think about the environment before COVID. It seems like a walk in the park compared to what we're doing today. But yeah. there are opportunities out here looking forward under any administration And I can tell you that one of my favorite, and we've seen a lot of this recently with the change in growth versus value, is just high dividend-paying value stocks. I am really excited about companies that pay a good stream of dividends, especially because, Jack, those interest rates on those bonds that you're buying are pretty low compared to five and 10 years ago. And I think dividend-paying stocks here in the U.S. are one of the best values out there. I I look at them and I see these companies produce products that we buy every day. And I see them trading at sometimes half or a third of these high-flying tech companies that pay no dividends. So I get really excited when I see a good dividend yield. Anything north of about 3% in this environment really gets me excited. Another thing, Jack, that I don't think we've talked about on this program is international stocks in general. I think there's a lot of downward pressure on the U.S. dollar right now. And I believe that there's a lot of great international companies out there that the environment exists for them to do extremely well or their equity prices to do extremely well in this environment. And I believe investors have really overlooked those companies and have been focused on a lot of the domestic tech names, specifically because of covid a lot of the work from home and telecommuting and and those type of names recently, that they've really overlooked some really good international companies. And I, I believe that you'll see a lot of those companies shine here over the next couple of years. And another thing that might surprise you is I believe there's still an opportunity in high yield and emerging markets debt. Jack, I really like the environment that exists for high-yield and emerging markets debt. Interest rates are very low. I think that the economy is coming out of this recession globally, and these companies could shine, and with these rock-bottom interest rates, there's some improving debt out there that could do really well in this environment, and I think investors should take a good hard look at some of the higher-quality high-yield and and emerging market names out there. But I really want to just close this by saying we've got to really be careful here, Jack, because while we may get excited about some ETF that has some emerging markets debt exposure or some high-yield bonds, this is a very precarious market for the individual investor to go into without professional help. So I just wanted to give that disclaimer there to make sure that you talk to your advisor before you pull the trigger and, and make those investments. And lastly, Jack, I think it's no secret that I really like uh, precious metals and certain commodities in this environment. I believe that not only the downward pressure on the dollar But a lot of the upward inflationary pressures in the market that exist today with we talked about the monetary and fiscal policy, I believe that gold and silver and some of the other precious metals and commodities are still in an environment where they could do better than we might expect them to do over the long term.
1: And I'm glad you added that disclaimer at the end. Some of these international markets can be pretty difficult to find information, even for us. So that's all I had today, Josh. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we end the podcast today? Absolutely.
0: A couple of things that I'd like investors to walk away with today. One is that regardless of your political affiliation and and what you expect it to happen after this or any election, there are many opportunities out there in the marketplace. It's important for each of you as investors to evaluate your specific strategy and to look for the changes that are going to impact you and your family specifically. At the Rudd Company, I know I can speak for Jack and, and Morgan and our team here, We're eager to do that and to help you achieve your long-term financial success. As always, if you know other investors that would enjoy this program, please share the Rudd Commentary podcast through email or on social media. We also like feedback on our program and ideas for future topics. If you have the time, we would enjoy hearing from you. Speaking of future topics, Jack, I think it's important that we get back on track with our next program and discuss part two of our series, Investing in Non-Financial Assets. Jack, do you remember what the next asset we're going to discuss is? Yeah, we're
1: talking about classic cars, right?
0: That's going to be an exciting time, an investment that you can actually sit in, drive, and enjoy. All of us here at the Rudd Company would like to thank you, our investors and clients, for your trust. Thank you for allowing us to be your partner in your long-term financial journey. We take that role very seriously. Thank you very much for listening today. This is the Rudd Commentary. I'm your host, Josh Rudd. And from all of us here at the Rudd Company, invest long and prosper.
1: This commentary is distributed for informational purposes only and is not intended to constitute legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Nothing herein constitutes any offer to sell or solicitation of any offer to buy any security. All investment strategies and investments involve risk of loss, including the possible loss of principal invested, and nothing herein should be construed as a guarantee of any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Any opinions expressed by employees of the Rudd Company are the Rudd Company's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of any affiliates. The opinions expressed by guest speakers are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Rudd Company or any affiliates. Guest appearances on this program does not imply the Rudd Company's endorsement of any entity, person, product, service, or investment. All opinions are current and only as of the date of recording and are subject to change without notice.